Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc, and the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Um, good morning. Good morning, starshine. The earth says hello. (laughs) Hello, everybody. It is the morning time. We just had a sleepover. Can you hear it in my voice? I can hear it in your... You sound like me a couple weeks ago. Oh, cute. Um, we decided last minute to have a sleepover, um, because we planned on recording a lot of episodes yesterday and then we got halfway done and then we were like, let's not, and just have a sleepover. And now we have to frantically record everything. Also, Em and I watched some crazy shows last night. Well, (laughs) here's the thing. Here's the rub. Because I love a good trash TV and Mm -hmm. I am opening Allison and Christine's minds at the same time. And so I was like, have you seen this? But have you seen this? Maybe not minds. Maybe spiritual journeys sure yeah and so uh neither have them have really like been involved in trash tv in their in their upbringing i am here to ruin that for them and uh last night i was like oh well you have to see this we have to see this and so we just binged a lot of really horrible tv shows let's see we went from kitchen nightmares Mm -hmm. millionaire matchmaker Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't there another one mm mm-hmm you already brought me to um, Strange Addiction. My Strange Addiction. There was something else. I forget. <clears throat> and then we decided we were going to watch The Nightmare. Oh my God. 
about sleep paralysis. It's a documentary about sleep paralysis, but they do reenactments, which is just the scariest thing. Keep in mind, we started watching this movie at three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like a good idea at the time. And then we were up until easily five in the morning Mm, watching everything under the sun and i was like doing that thing where i was like falling asleep to something about sleep paralysis and i was so damn scared and then at one point a demon in someone's sleep paralysis goes let me in and that was the part that my subconscious heard (laughs) while i was dozing off and i freaked the fuck out and i was like i am awake for the rest of my life now and so we ended up watching The Office until five in the morning. And was like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Christine could tell that I was like about to like fall unconscious and leave her alone with this movie. And then that was actually kind of your saving grace because then yeah. I all of a sudden jolted up and I was like, Thank I'm God. never sleeping. I couldn't watch that alone. Well, because that happened last time when Emma tried to make me watch Sinister and I just lay there going, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> like as I fell asleep. So I was doing now. that last night. There was like a person walking and I was like, oh. Wow. And I was like, I know what you're doing. You're pretending you're awake. (laughs) Well, I definitely heard the let me in. It was terrifying, you guys. And so, uh, and also everyone else was gone. And in Christine's giant house, we were by ourselves in the pitch black at three in the morning listening to that. And I swear I saw things walking around in your house. And then Em goes, yeah, let's switch to the office because I've seen enough things walk by that doorway. And I was like, Em, don't you dare. (laughs) Don't you dare. So we watched The Office. Well, here we are. The day after we didn't have sleep paralysis last night no thank god knock on wood um and we're here to uh to make a to make a make a show to make an experience for you make an ear experience an experience experience that's the kind of magic that happens you're welcome when i'm team coffee and not team wine wow <laughs> although you were team wine till about five in the morning last night <laughs> I remember I was like, do you know it's like 4 a.m.? And you're like, yeah, crazy. And then poured more wine. <laughs> and I was like, there she goes. <laughs> also, I brought like a like a gallon jug of sweet tea thinking it would last me like until this morning. And I drank that shit before like 7 before o'clock dinner. last night. <laughs> before dinner, literally. It was already gone. Okay. Um, <clears throat> do you have any announcements? Just two small ones. Um, first of all, everyone freaked out that you pronounced Barnstable, Barnstable. I heard. I and heard. they were really not happy about it. Well, Dr. Carrot can go, you know, Dr. to Barnstable and let me know how it is. They're like, it's Barnstable. I was like, okay, we can't do anything about it now. Also, it's in Massachusetts. Was it in Massachusetts? Yes. Why am I surprised that it's not spelled, it's not pronounced the way it's spelled? Yeah. Yeah. So that's not my bad. I don't live in Mass anymore, so. Sorry. And then English isn't Christine's first language. No, it's not so, my problem. You know what I mean? It's not my story. I feel like this happens every time you do a story, one yells at you. <laughs> like Menger Hotel, Menger. Look, I'm never going to get one story right with all... I actually literally looked up the name of something in this story to make sure I said it right. I feel like that's what we need to do from now on. Just Like saying. how actually like... Like I do that for, for mine if I don't know, because I hate getting yelled at. So I need to like actually put effort into my stories. Got it. Got okay. it. Oh. Noted. Why didn't we think of that sooner? I don't know. It's only been 70 Oh, happy episodes. 70. Um, what's this? Is it the paper year? The gold year? The diamond year? I don't know. What is the 70? I feel like it's probably a good one. Like, um, I mean, if you're celebrating 70 years, they better not give you fucking paper. Maybe it's like a, like a peach tree or something you can like plant. That's neat. What is the 70th year? Eva's not here to tell us. So I have to do it. God, so much work. So annoying. Platinum. Ah, did I say that? I think maybe you did. Did you get me some platinum jewelry? Um, No. Also, last thing, if you guys could do us a huge favor and 
we haven't really asked about this in a while, but if you guys could leave us a review on iTunes, just like a quick, a quick click, a quick click, if you use iTunes or whatever platform you use, because that really, really helps us, um, in our like ratings and all that gain some traction. But if you guys could leave us, um, a quick review, that would be super helpful. Um, I got an email saying your most recent reviews and there were some very mean ones in there and they really hurt my feelings. So Why? They were just mean. One star mean ones. Well, so if you guys do enjoy the show and you could leave us a quick review, a lot of times people only rate because they don't like something. Um, so if you guys could leave us a quick kind word, that would be awesome. Balance us out. Balance us out. All right. That's all I got. Well, let's crack into it. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is, um, because it's coming out on your birthday. My birthday. Our birthday. Oh, happy birthday to M. It's M's birthday today. It's Christine's birthday tomorrow. Yay. So for your birthday, an early birthday present, I did a poltergeist <gasps> story. You did? Just yes. for me? All for you. Aww. So, and it's also local. Ooh. It is in Culver City. Hey, I know where that is. And it's the story of Doris Bither. Mmm, Doris. What a name. Um, and also I made sure it's Bither, because it's spelled like Bither. I was going to ask. <laughs> I checked. And I got all my information from direct interviews from the actual investigators. I thought you going to say, like, direct TV. Yep. Yes. That looks like a... I got it from Comedy Central. Oh, also, Lisa was wearing our shirt on Comedy oh, Central. Yeah. Lisa Lampanelli was wearing our And That's Where You Drink shirt. She has a, a new show that she's on called Taskmaster on Comedy Central, so you guys should go watch it's it. It's so funny. It's the U.S. version of the hit U.K. show. <laughs> kind of like The Office, how we just steal everything. We just steal shit. Um, um, so go watch Lisa. All right. So this is in 1974. Fab. I thought so. And uh, the main investigators are Dr. Ter... No. Nope. Carrot? No, Dr. Carrot <laughs> is back for revenge. No, God, no. Um, not again. Dr. Barry Taff and Carrie Gaynor. So Barry and Carrie. Yay! And they met as researchers at the UCLA Parapsychology Department. Oh, fun. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, someone who works at the UCLA Parapsychology Department is Barry Conrad. And him and 
Barry Taff, who is the main character. Taff is the main character in this. Got it. Barry Taff. Barry Taff. But Barry Conrad has also worked with him in the department, and they've investigated numerous paranormal encounters together, including, if you remember the name, Barry Conrad, the San Pedro haunting with Jackie Hernandez. Remember the guy, Jeff, who just kept getting like thrown around and almost Jeff. That was in the plunger fort. I remember this specifically. San um, Pedro before anyone remember, like, fucking yells at us. There was like a picture of like they actually have a picture of a noose trying to strangle him. Okay, that actually scared the shit out of me. So Barry Conrad was in charge of that investigation, and Barry oh, okay. Taff was one of like the assistants on that. Oh, okay. Also, in my research, I saw obviously UCLA Parapsychology Department, and that you can volunteer. And I was like, why the fuck don't Wait, I do that? Why we should do that? Well, here's why. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because. At UCLA, it was known as the Neuropsychiatric Institute, or NPI, and it's now called the Semmel Institute, mm-hmm. and it was only around from 69 to 78. It already shut down. Oh. So that's why we don't do it. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, I would be there. I mean, yeah. Um, the two things, because I feel like it deserves a mention, the two things that it did um, that the department covered where they facilitated psi training research groups where they trained people <gasps> to develop their ESP. Oh my God. I want to go there so bad. Why did let's start it over again. And then the second thing is they would investigate haunted houses and sites all over Southern California. Oh my God. Um, I'm so mad. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Me too. I was like, wow, I could learn ESP. Why isn't everyone lining up? This is the most seventies thing too. I know. Why not? <laughs> um, and so their research model is that most activity comes from ESP and we don't actually realize that we have harnessed it in some way because <sighs> since we've never practiced it, we assume we don't actually have any connection sure. to it. But one of the main things that they teach is that most hauntings aren't actually ghosts or poltergeists, but they're actually created by our by our own psyche and we are called poltergeist agents. What? Whoa, this is really trippy. And we unknowingly act as biological waveguides... When we are in certain areas that already have, that are like energy heavy. Oh. It's like if some people are just in tuned with stuff and then go into an environment that has a lot of like dark energy, Mm -hmm. then unknowingly we end up like provoking that stuff to, to show itself and manifest. Oh, so we like channel it almost or like, yeah, like depending on how like developed or connected you are with your psychic energy whether or not you know you're connected to it right if you're connected to it or open to it it just makes the whole environment more susceptible to show signs of psychokinetic energy and then we think it's a poltergeist but we actually induced it okay got it got it got it um so three variables that actually according to them three variables that actually combine to produce a haunting is One, a haunted site that is located in an electromagnetically heavy environment. Okay. Two, the agent, who is the person, the person that's kind of causing this unknowingly. Right. They are usually prone to seizures or epilepsy, and their biomagnetic field Mm -hmm. emits well over the amplitude compared to other people. (gasps) Interesting. And three, that person does not know how to cope well and has uh, poor stress management. Stress management. Which makes their minds vulnerable and enables their nervous systems to hyper-react to the environment. Whoa. Which means, like, since they're freaking out more than others usually would, their energy is, like, it's like a, I don't know what you would call it. Like a higher frequency? No, it's like, because you're, because you're stressed out about it, 
it's going to keep getting worse. And because it gets worse, you get stressed. And because you get stressed, it keeps getting worse. Oh, it's a catch-22. Yeah, it's like because your brain is the one causing it, the more scared you are, the more energy you're actually producing to make it worse. And then you build upon yourself. Sure, okay, makes sense. So they actually think, um, they still believe that there's such a thing as like spirits and poltergeists and all that supernatural paranormal stuff okay <clears throat> but they only think that those exist about 10 percent of the time where 90 percent of the oh. time they can excuse that people are just connected to themselves in a way they don't realize and then they bring the chaos and it's like reflected in some sort of right. manifested yeah. outwardly wow that's but creepy. so they do say like that stuff does exist we just try to debunk it as often as possible okay. um <clears throat> okay so barry taff his main assistant in this whole story is carrie gainer so the story starts where Carrie and his friend were at a bookstore and they were talking about their research um, at the department and two women in the aisle over um, on the other side heard them talking about their paranormal research mm-hmm. and were really interested in it. And one of the girls said, oh, my house is haunted. And that girl was Christine and she uh, <laughs> and that girl... had had too much wine at lunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was behaving. Come in a... on up. Behaving inappropriately. So <clears throat> that girl is actually Doris. Oh, Doris okay. Byther. I see. Yeah, yeah. I knew I felt a connection to Doris. Nailed it. <laughs> and Carrie was really interested in hearing like the very su- like surface version of it and said, oh, well, we'll call you and take a look at the house. You know, for research, we won't pay you because, you know, it's research. You know, we're, we're not like going to take your money. We just want to go to this place. Oh, I see. Okay. And so the first time they went to her house was August 22nd in 74. Mm-hmm. And Barry and Carrie, uh, they, are those, those are two guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought Carrie was going to be Carrie like, is K E R R Y. K. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Carrie and Barry, they went to the house on Braddock street, mm-hmm. which is, I think it still stands there, but it's like a little shack. Like apparently when they got there, they were expecting a house and it was a shack that had already been condemned twice. Oh, and this is in Culver city. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she was not legally supposed to be living there. <laughs> Hashtag she, 1970s. <laughs> like, <clears throat> apparently, she lived there. Like, she had never really had, like, a great family life. Like, her whole storyline is that, like, when she was 10, she got kicked out of the house Ugh. by her alcoholic parents. And, like, a lot of men in her family abused her Ugh. in many ways. And uh, she didn't have anything to turn to. So, obviously, she ended up turning to alcohol, too. Mm. And she has four kids from four different guys, and she just doesn't really have the greatest job. And then her parents died, and right. they, um, her brother ended up getting all the money inherited because they liked him and not her. And this so is a shit show. So she's just like, I mean, her life was just bad news. Bears. Well, now I feel well. Now I feel bad for saying she drank too much at lunch. <laughs> well, she did. <laughs> I was re- referring to myself. Sorry. <clears throat> so. She so they went into the house and they were apparently looked disgusting, like there were like dishes to the ceiling and just like looked dirty mm. and they were kind of living in squalor. And Doris said that like they were asking her questions about the ghost, like, oh, what else is going on? Like, is there anything you need to tell us? And she was like, Oh yeah, there is like one bigger thing about the ghost is that they repeatedly rape me <gasps> in the house. What? Yeah. So what? Um, the fuck to a point where near the end she even showed symptoms of pregnancy it was not sleeping with any live humans and she ended up going to the doctor and they said that she had like a hysterical pregnancy where like she was showing signs right but still like like this is yeah okay yep well all right so um 
So she didn't know these guys at all and was like, oh, yeah, well, there are these ghosts that molest me and assault me in this house. Oh, my God. She said that there were three of them, three spirits, two of the two smaller ones hold her down while the other one does. (gasps) Really horrible. Really, 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 really horrible. In the actual hell. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? But so that was obviously a lot of information for them to take in. And Barry looked at his assistant and was like, okay, she's psychotic. Like, right. There's like, I, I don't know how else to say it. I've never heard of that before. And also this is the seventies where like, I don't think it's that exact story with them being spirits would be taken incredibly seriously right off the bat today either. But like back then in the seventies, no one had heard of anything like that. Like there was no like stories that I'm telling that are 30 years old that they could relate to. Like this is the first so he was like, I've never heard of anything like that. She clearly, like... She's crazy. She's crazy and, like, off meds or something. Right. And she lives in squalor. And, like, her whole background just really leads up to her looking like she's... She could be on drugs. Like, yeah. who knows? Yeah. And so they said that she needed help. And they said they were going to leave and gave her the number to a psychiatrist at the UCLA department. Okay. And 10 days later, Doris um, called them again saying that friends and neighbors had witnessed things in her house and they had testified to seeing apparitions moving around in her house when no one was home oh boy and there were foggy humanoid creatures that were dragging their bodies across the windows oh 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 no this reminds me of that movie we watched last night yeah Uh uh-uh and um and so she said can you please come back like i'm not the only one like my friends and neighbors are seeing things in the windows and um so they came back and as soon as they came back, this time the house had an odor of rotting flesh. Oh, no. They said it was very sour, but sweet no. and warm. Oh, gross. Like you could smell the heat on it. Okay. Oh, my God. I just got horrible chills. Um, They also felt a strange pressure in their ears the whole time they were there. Like they were in an airplane mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, They also said that the bedroom was ice cold, but there wasn't a- air conditioning yet in this house. So it was ice cold, but the rest of the room was burning hot. And this was in the middle of August. So no room should have been ice Mm -mm. cold. Um, In the kitchen, they were talking to her about what they could like do for her or like what else she'd seen. And a cupboard door opened on its own and a frying pan flew out from the cupboard and landed in the middle of the room in between them. Oh, no. They checked for like rigs and wires and there was nothing. Okay. And so at that point they were like, okay, like we have to believe you. Like this is that should have not going happened. On. Yeah. Um, Doris said that there was also at one point a fuse box that had been ripped off of the wall of the house. Like a whole fuse box was ripped off the wall and thrown at her. Uh, okay. And uh, candelabras around her house were thrown at her when she wasn't looking, but she was home alone. Like nothing should have been done. Uh. Um, so all four of Doris's children, they were at this time between six and 16. Um, they had all also claimed to have seen the ghosts around the house and they had nicknamed it Mr. Who's it? Ew. Why is that so creepy? And so one of them in the middle of the night would get slapped in the face (gasps) while they were sleeping, like get slapped awake in the middle of the night. Um, another one, one of the boys and multiple times had woken up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and bumped into an invisible person okay. in the hallway. Okay. And didn't see anyone there, but would be looking straight ahead and bump into someone and instinctively go, oh, sorry. That's 
and then realized no one was there. Sorry, Mr. Whatchamacallit. Mr. Who's It. So in 2009, um, just to, uh, I guess, validate her, her rape accusations, in 2009, they did an interview, like, I mean, obviously 2009, years and years and years later, and her middle son, to this day, um, attests that, like, she was getting attacked and, like, they had all seen it and they had all heard it and they've even tried to, like, stop her or oh tried to help her and they could never help her. Like, they would try to drag her, but it would feel like there were three men on top of her. Oh, my God, like, M, what the It's act- really horrible. What the hell? Also, in that same interview, her son also said, we all experienced some form of an attack. There was pushing, biting, scratching being done to us. There were about four entities in the home and they made themselves known by appearing all of the time. One of the oldest kids also played Black Sabbath, the song, like the band. Yeah. And he, because he was 16 and like in that fuck you world was phase. cool. Yeah, he was cool, obviously. So I this mean, was you in the 70s, me. but I imagine you with Fallout Boy. He was really not cool at 16, but okay. <laughs> well, all of the songs that were very heavy in like having lyrics that were like demon centric. Sure. Apparently, whenever he played those songs, the activity would get worse in the house. Jeremy, turn that off. <laughs> Imagine if, like, we wanted Walt to really show himself, so you had to blast some, like, panic at the disco. <laughs> oh, well, if that were the case, Walt would be here literally all the time, because <laughs> that's pretty much what I do on a daily basis. Uh, Fallout Walt. <laughs> God. So, um... He likes the angsty stuff. It really brings the best out of him. I know. You guys really relate about that. It, that's why we're pals. I know. Every time you're like, why doesn't anyone get me? You just like feel a hand on your shoulder like, I get you, man. I'm like, uh, this is why <laughs> we listen to Under the Cork Tree Together, Walt. I can't handle you. So um, <laughs> the okay, so the oldest kid played Black Sabbath and they recognized that activity was worse when that music would come out because it was like about demons. And so the investigators actually They're like, this is about me. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like how I love do you this know song? so much about oh me? Oh my God. I finally feel recognized. It's like us haunting people listening to our podcast one day. Oh, fair point. M. Oh my God. You play our theme song. We're going to come da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> <Roof>. <laughs> Just show up. So, um, be careful guys. Be careful. Don't listen to our theme song after we're gone. We're going to get you. So, uh, the investigators realized that too and asked him to play Black Sabbath in certain <laughs> rooms during the investigations to like entice them to come out. God, I wish I could see this. And can you, I imagine like Pete Wentz's ghost like just walks out. Oh my God. Except Black Sabbath is actually like a heavy metal band and my music is very much I mean, not angsty teenage. When you're 14, that is some heavy metal. Sure. Okay, fair. Same with like Hello Goodbye. Like <laughs> Hello Goodbye. <laughs> and Dashboard Confessional. Oh, just all the emo ghosts. You're come saying out. everything that's not heavy metal. <laughs> When you're 14 and don't know what heavy metal is, that's like... Let's talk about Billy the- Talon again. That, <laughs> that's the key emo. Um, okay, so there's also a theory that because they think like, oh, maybe she was psychic or had some sort of like ability to open up that kind of energy and didn't know it. And so right. that's how this all happened. There are theories that if a parent is psychic, the kids are psychic as well and don't know it. So they thought maybe this all stemmed from the relationship that she had with her kids that was kind of broken and her not really able to figure out what was going on in her life. And, you know, they weren't living in the best conditions. Plus she apparently had a drinking problem. Mm -hmm. And then her teenagers were all, or her kids were also teenagers. And so like the hormones and them having their own angst, like all of that psychokinetic energy in one house is like apparently like a perfect combination. Right. Makes sense. Um, okay. So anyway, they, 
once they saw the frying plant frying pan fly out of the cupboard and they realized that music was like enticing these things and all that stuff they decided that they were going to set up equipment and look into the house and one thing i i do want to say that uh they also made very clear in their interviews is as soon as barry and his team showed up there were never they never witnessed any any sexual assault from any spirits okay so any allegations she had about that stopped before they got there okay but the son says that there were a few times where he witnessed it he tried to help and like pull his mom out of the situation but <sighs> he himself got thrown away like like someone like shoved him How or pulled terrifying. him and he went flying across the room there's a movie version of this case sure called the entity and they have a the storyline where she's getting attacked and he sees it and is trying to help her and gets thrown across the room and he breaks his arm. Okay. But he didn't break his arm in real life. Okay. That's like the only inaccuracy in that whole part of the scene, apparently. Okay. So uh, one of the things that I think is really crazy is apparently they would all sit in this dark room and his team was like 28 to 30 people, like 25 to 30 people. Who? Barry Carey? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're like all the assistants that they brought in. They had like cameras going off the entire time. And there was a room, probably, like, the size of a normal bedroom. Mm -hmm. And they were just, like, they had people coming in and out nonstop. But they had her, they had Doris sitting on the bed, and they were taking pictures. And they were trying to get her to, like, scream and yell and, like, piss off these things that they would show up. Because they were only showing up when... They were provoked? Like, when or... when she was by herself. And so, oh, to, like, oh, oh. prove that they were around, they were like, can you, like, say something? That like must suck. Here? I know. It's like everyone leaves and then all of a sudden they're like, we're back. I know. Oh, my God. So, there have been several, several, several instances where people have seen orbs in pictures and all that. Like, those little right. white circles that everyone says might be dust, dust specks. And, um, but so, balls of light started showing up in the room, but they were lime green, like jello. And they weren't just, like, made of, like, energy, like we're used to saying. They weren't white. They were bright green, like, plasma. Ew. Like, ectoplasm. Ew. And, um, and so they were, like, a greenish yellow. They were... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing, like, when they're like, oh, what are your wedding colors? I'm like, it's kind of like a, a rustic, like, burgundy, but it's like, it's, it's a green, but it's more like an ectoplasm green. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just trying to picture what that color is. If that were... I would love to say that my wedding was, like, ectoplasma. Like, oh my sounds God. so cool. It's a tie-dye it's ectoplasm. Like, it's like an electric blue mixed with, like, an ectoplasma. It gets, it's going to get real good. There's some camo, some neon camo in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's only on your Rothy's shoes. Yep. Ecto they should... Oh, Rothy's, are you listening? Hello. Hello. Fresh. Uh, ectoplasma would be a great color. Thank you. Write that down. So, uh, so they saw these balls of bright green light that were flying all around the room and people were like, everyone who thought they were going crazy seeing this, because this wasn't just through pictures. People were seeing oh, this. Oh, okay. Okay. And then if they had any thought about maybe they were going crazy, everyone in the room was like ducking and dodging because they all saw these things and were trying to avoid them. Oh God. So they were flying around the room. Eventually, they uh, thought, like, okay, well, maybe they're reflections from... Like, they were trying to think of anything. Sure. Like, maybe they're reflections from outside. So they ended up, like, sealing off the entire house from any external light. And they so, got like, rid of all the ectoplasma-colored dresses. Like, <laughs> like, street lights and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And so they... And they were still showing up in the room, and they were the size of fists. Oh. And 25 to 30 people would be in the house and all seat at the same time. And they knew that it was... 
not a I don't remember what the basically they it was so bright that when you would look at another person in the room it would be illuminating off of their face oh no or like off their equipment like it was so bright that it was shining like lighting up areas. the room yeah jeez they also had poster boards all over her room that were like duct taped to the wall because like they were trying to like keep notes and sure quick stuff like that um and so they were trying to piece everything together and i guess you could see like the light glowing off the white poster boards and it was just like very obvious that there were things within the room that were not reflecting because people could see it from 360 degrees oh god anyone from any part of the room could see it um one picture which is very famous shows doris on a bed and in the dark and there's an orb that has like the like the arc frames her perfectly it's like there's a perfect rainbow over her but it's it's white but it's like a perfect like arch over right her. right right and um the thing that proves that it's something that is not man-made is that the arc of light is in front of a 90 degree angle wall <gasps> and so usually that would mean if it was a projection or a reflecting off of something there would be a bend like, right. like there'd be like you could see like the light kind of bending with the wall light refraction but it was a perfect arc in the middle of the room over her bed so it was like floating in free space on its own wait do you have the photo yeah i want to see it <gasps> oh spooky so oh i see the, the right there the corner yeah oh so like my God. this should be since there's a corner here it should be like bending up it doesn't like, make sense but it's like exactly over her and you can tell that she's not by the side of the wall so it's not bent it's not next to the wall it's like in Ew. free space so what is this what did you google just so people know i just typed in doris by their orb okay wow that is spooky um it's not like they had photoshop to draw that in there <laughs> right and then there was this other picture where there were two different con like oh weird two different orbs that were going two different ways right it's so, like they both have tails one's going up and one's going down which means that if it was the same light they'd be refracting in different ways yeah also neither of them are bending in this room um so they're their own track motions and because this was a 70s camera it just didn't have a quick enough shutter speed so it's actually like um what would you call it like not a time lapse like an exposure oh. shot like it's like a time exposure of seeing its entire movement track i see so this is not it's not that long it's like a light that had moved right right right. oh my god that is so spooky that's the same google search yeah okay and um so that light was like a time exposure they think of the balls of light moving oh my god um because in that picture the one that i just showed you there's another one that if you type in doris by their orb you'll see a picture without doris on the bed and it's like two different orbs and it's in not the picture. just like orbs like specks of dust orbs it's like they're like streams of light showing a track motion it like shooting stars yeah and another picture or that picture itself like the one with the two mm -hmm. without doris in it they show arcs in two very different perpendicular angles. And since they look like they're kind of crossing over each other, it's yeah. proof that they're floating in free space, too, because there's they're not hitting any walls. Oh, around them. my God. OK, so they've had both of those photos analyzed and it was confirmed by professionals at the time that the lens in an SLR camera, which they were using, shouldn't have allowed those images to appear. Oh, great. So the balls of light that you can see in the picture, they are white on camera but the thing is, every single person remembers them being plasma green and they were floating around nonstop. Like I said, people were dodging them. And here's the wa most wild part. Oh, no. At one point, like two weeks into this investigation, um, 
they were so used to these plasma balls at this point that they were just like hanging out in a room, <laughs> oh my God. watching them float around. But eventually at this specific night, all of the balls actually came together in the center of the room. Oh my. Combined themselves and ended up like, uh, I don't know what the word, like they spread from, instead of being one giant green plasma ball, it ended up like kind of dissipating and like morphing itself into the apparition of an upper torso of a man. Um, so when it was like a bright green apparition of a man that was created by all of these little balls that came that together. just gave me the biggest creeps of all time. I don't enjoy it. It was looked like it was made of plasma. It was that bright green color. It was absolutely an upper torso. You could see like the musculature of like a chest and an upper torso, no legs, <laughs> You could see the beginning of his face, like up to his chin, and then the face was gone. You could see the shoulders. Oh, my God. And it was animated. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it was moving and, like, turning to look at everyone and then vanished. Ew. Emma. So, and they swear 25 to 30 people were all in the room at that time, and they all saw it, and... This was a, a room of several researchers. Like, there were cameras going off nonstop, but no camera picked it up. Oh, I was about to ask. Please tell me someone got a photo. So, and the apparently every picture that they actually got on camera through right. all this investigation, everything they got on camera, none of them saw in real life. And everything that they saw, they couldn't photograph. So, like, they saw these green plasma balls, but there's no pictures of them. But they also never saw these orbs of light, but have so many oh. pictures of them. And okay. so it made them wonder, is this thing powerful enough to be collectively imprinting an image on our brain to make us think we're seeing something Yeah, in a room that none of it's happening? Oh, shit. Like, maybe our cameras are taking pictures of what's happening in real time, but we're all hallucinating together. Oh, God. So it was like, that was a question up for debate. <sighs> like, is it fucking with all of our heads making us think this is in a room when it's not in the room? Right. But every single person before they discussed it all wrote down what they saw and they all said the plasma balls came together and made the torso of a that man and it turned around and looked at everyone and vanished. Horrible. Like, you can't lie about no. that. <laughs> That's a very specific thing to know. Oh my God, that is just so fucking creepy. Also, there were several times where Doris would say like, oh, I, you know, I can see it. I can see it. How can you not see it? Mm. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? We don't see it. Poor thing. But she would be able to see something that they couldn't. So he was like making That's her hallucinate a different world that they were hallucinating in while in real time, these three orbs were flying around. And she said that there were three spirits. <gasps> so these three things that were caught on camera were the only things that were actually happening in the room. And they were and somehow they were controlling everyone's yeah. heads differently. That's fucked up, dude. And but she would say they're right here. They're right here. And then they would take a picture of wherever she... I have, like, chills. Me, too. I'm freezing all of a sudden. I'm yeah, like, I'm freezing, I'm too. I'm completely freezing. Um, so and she, I was too hot earlier, so I turned the fan Look on. at my... I literally just have, like, the M, biggest goosebumps Me, right too. I was about to say that. Look. <laughs> Shit. So, um... This is not okay. I'm glad we're... This, I'm glad it's not nighttime. This is freaking me out. And so, uh... Uh, what was I saying? They would take a picture of where she was. Oh, yeah. So she would say, like, it's right here. It's right here. Point the camera over here. And so they would take a picture, and the picture would come out completely white, like, as if someone's face, like, as if the orb was right in front of the lens. And so the only thing they got a picture of was the white orb and nothing else. Like, so... It would just, like, cover the... It would cover the, cover the entire frame. Oh, my God. And so there are so many pictures of her saying, it's over here, it's over here. And they would take a picture, and the whole thing would be whited out. And so they would think, oh, maybe it's, like, a malfunction with the camera. 
But then she would say, it's gone, it's gone. And they would take a control picture there and the picture would turn out fine. Or they would <sighs> say, it's touching my face. I can feel it touching my face. And then they'd take a picture of her. And the only thing that they would catch is her sitting on a bed, but there'd be a giant white ball in front of her face. Um, like, I mean, they got photos of she was saying, I can see this. How can you not see it? And then there was picture proof of it later. What? Oh, my God. I can't. That's just freaking me out so, so much. Um. Anyway, a couple days later, because they left, they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor um, Doris. And then... A couple days later, Doris called them again and sounded panicked. And mm. she said that when they came over, they saw like there was a bunch of like holes of like plaster and paint missing oh, out of no. the walls. And she said that she watched something that was invisible uh, rip every single one of the poster boards and duct tape off the wall one <gasps> by one. The ones that they had put up? Yeah. Oh, God. With no. all the notes. So oh, it God. was like trying to like take down all the information so they couldn't do any more research. And but she says... Every single one of them was ripping off one by one so intensely that the paint and plaster, it was duct taped. That was duct taped on oh it. Oh, my God. It was getting ripped out of the walls. And they were saying that she might have done it. Like, even the investigator himself was like, she could have definitely sure, called us, sure. wanted us to come back, and ripped it all off. And To be us, like, look what happened. Yeah, yeah, there's no proof of whether or not that was the case. But apparently her reaction suggested trauma. And so he was like, based on how she was reacting, I'm going to just go ahead and say that it wasn't her. Like, put, Yeah. So then they brought in high-speed film equipment. Oh, boy. And they, of course, didn't catch anything on film, but there were definitely cold spots, but they also wouldn't register on the equipment. So all of this equipment is malfunctioning or acting like nothing's there, but there's 30 people all corroborating that, like, oh, this is okay. happening. So the technology is just not it's like catching the same thing. Which makes you wonder, like, oh, if you're not getting... Like, it, people who investigate today it's like oh you may not be getting a read but that doesn't mean nothing's there that you're not experiencing something. it just means like it doesn't want you to have proof that it's there oh my god which then brings up an interesting conversation of like if you do catch something is it because it wants you to know about it this is a really good point and when people say oh there's if there's such a thing as ghosts or whatever how come there's literally no proof or no photos so he doesn't like, want you to know or maybe it just doesn't register yeah. with our equipment yeah so this time their boss came out, like the head of the department came, who, by the way, was a woman Hell in the yeah, 70s. It was. And she was telling all these men what to do. Love her. And she was the one that was in charge because she was the least scared of this. <laughs> so, She's like, fine, let me see what's going woman. on here. So the boss came out and, of course, nothing happened. And so she rolled her eyes and was like, so as <laughs> soon as I get here, nothing's going on. Like all the paranormal stuff starts dying down. Um, also they noticed that when Doris wouldn't drink, nothing would happen. Oh shit. And so there was the theory that while her inhibitions were down, her psychokinetic energy would take over. That's my kind of nightmare. Because... Every time I drink stuff, Walt, <laughs> Walt shows up and, um, there was a book that was written about, um, this whole story, which ended up getting optioned and turned into the entity movie. Sure. And Barry and Carrie were hired on to the movie as tech advisors. So they actually did give a lot of like oh. realistic parts to the story. Although they do say that um, in the movie, they had all of this high tech equipment and they didn't actually have that in real life because the department couldn't fund it. Okay. So all of the actual equipment in the story is made up for them to like look like they have more evidence. Than got they it. Got it. So 10 weeks uh, into the investigation, they decided that there was nothing they could really do. And Doris ended up moving to another town where apparently it followed her. Because within weeks, uh, how not only was her house showing cases of paranormal phenomena, 
but the houses on either side of her began also experiencing phenomena. Oh. So, like, it was almost like it was radiating from her house and spreading out like a virus. Oh, her poor neighbors. So now I wonder, like, if my house is haunted all of a sudden, is it because the people next to me brought something? Question. Yeah, it is a good question. We'll have to talk to Walt. Walt? Hello? Fresh and goodbye. Please, goodbye, 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 goodbye. Um, <laughs> I just gave Christine eyes like, don't you fucking put that on me. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. So uh, she moved to a new town. Her house was haunted. The other houses were apparently now haunted and never had been. And they all reported cupboard doors opening and closing on their own, finding garbage dumped on the middle of their floor inside their house. Oh, my God. With, like, the garbage can upturned in another room. Oh, my God. No, 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 Machines no. shutting on and off, hearing screams and creaks and people walking through the house. So, Barry went to this home because she heard, they, he heard about this. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided to investigate again one last time and turned out the lights and had a mic near his legs. And as soon as they started investigating, a large vase from the other side of the room threw itself into the middle of the room and crashed and, like, dirt got all over the... Oh. So, um, while this happened, while, like, the vase crashed in the middle of the floor and they were all focused on that, the audio in the mic next to his leg um, caught heavy breathing approaching the microphone and the step... he heard They heard, like, shuffling, like, coming towards the mic, but it was... Step, step, drag. Um, so that was like um, the, on, the oh pattern. No. no. And then just the thought that it's by his leg and there's breathing coming toward it. it yeah. Just heavy breathing, like heavy panting. Deeply upsetting. Step, step, drag, step, step, drag. And then once the breath was directly in the mic, like, like this. Oh, my God. Um, you heard one last like real baited breath. And then the mic turned itself off and shut off and wouldn't turn back on for the rest of the investigation. And nobody heard the footsteps or breathing in real life, which just goes to show that it's just like in the first house. Where yeah. Like they couldn't see the orbs, but they saw a green plasma, but they couldn't see any footsteps or breathing, but they heard it on the mic. This is really upsetting. Um, or couldn't hear footsteps or breathing. Jesus. So they were also sitting in her bedroom and they were putting out more poster boards to start a new investigation. And as Barry was putting up a new poster board and putting duct tape on it, he would go over to the next one, start putting it up, no. and that one would be getting ripped off and taken down. That's so like nightmare fuel. One by one, they were getting torn down just as he was putting them up, and then the poster boards were getting thrown at Doris. <laughs> Doris, no. And then they realized that it. They wanted to see if it was like more intelligent that it could like follow basic commands, and they they said do it again. And so he was going around the room putting up a poster board and putting up a new one just to watch it get torn down and thrown at her and just kept doing it for the entire room, which is kind of a dick move. I'm like, yeah, do it again, 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 again. (laughs) Um, so she then ended up moving immediately to San Bernardino where the, there was still phenomenon, but a lot less, like it was like doors opening and closing toilets, flushing, like Mm -hmm. it was lessened, but still things were happening. And then she moved to Texas and they lost all contact. But in the, that 2009 interview, her son said that she passed away at 58 in 1995 Aww. from respiratory problems. Sad. But he, apparently that interview was also really shady. He kept contradicting himself and saying, like, that didn't happen. And then he would talk about how it happened. What? So he was, like, kind of off his rocker, too. Oh, great. Um, and he seemed, like, still really irritable and, like, didn't want to talk about anything. He he seemed he seemed like he had his own demons. Okay. No pun intended. <laughs> For lack of a better term. <laughs> um, but he did say 
that there were always, even before they moved to that main house in Culver City, there were always subtle amounts of phenomenon that was present throughout their lives, even before they moved. And she actually, in her teens, had started playing with Ouija boards and doing seances, and then also finally started mixing that hobby with drugs and alcohol. Oh, no. And apparently, right bef- right when they moved into that Culver City house... Hey, don't mix spirits. Get it? Fine. <laughs> I love how long it took you to say it. <laughs> I really thought that one through. <laughs> You're like, should I do it? Should I do it? I'll do it. Oh, my God. Not, and I regret nothing. <laughs> not very long until after they moved into Culver City. Um, the Sun also says that a woman actually came to their door, banging on the door and demanding that they leave the house because there was a bad or evil dwelling in it. Oh, no. And she just kept saying, you need to get out. You need to get out. I used to live here when this house was new. It was just a farmhouse back then. I was a little girl. There's something super evil here. The place is haunted. You need to get out. You need to get out. Oh, my God. And eventually, like, she just walked off and they never saw her again. But That's only not a, a week after that was when the, the <gasps> phenomenon got really bad. That's not a good sign. Um, but so since then, nobody's really heard of her. Like I said, the house was a shack, so nobody, I think, has, like, lived in it since. Um, it still exists. I bet it still exists as a shack, or maybe it just got knocked down. No one's lived in it. No one ever lived in it after okay. the fact. I feel like Culver City is very, like, <clears throat> expensive area. They probably... They probably knocked it down. You're right. Down. Well, I, I don't think anyone lived in it again. Or if they did, because it followed her, mm-hmm. there was never any reports. Okay. Um, yeah. That's that by is there. so... F- that one really got to me for some reason. Yeah. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> that was spooky as I know well. you love a good poltergeist. I so. love a good poltergeist. I love a good poltergeist. If thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water, you need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. And make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside. A list of its all-natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant. Of course. And all their products are preservative-free, too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. Uh, Anyway, the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos, serrano peppers, and other savory herbs. Plus, they've got a hot sauce with a tangy, spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals. It's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos. I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything, but specifically, I use their salsa. I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast. And I don't know how the script knew that. Maybe everybody eats this, but I always make toast with avocado and then I put scrambled eggs on top and I put salsa. I can't eat it without salsa. And the Green Mountain Gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to, I mean, any meal if you're me, but definitely the eggs avocado toast situation. Visit GreenMountainGringo.com and start shopping. Use the store locator to find Green Mountain Gringo products, get inspiration for recipes, and purchase products using promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off. That's promo code PODCAST24. And don't forget to check out their backside. (laughs) Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. 
Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off. Okay. How did you guys like those commercials? I loved them. I liked hearing my voice. We should just have a whole show where we just hear the voice, not just our, not just the commercials. Wow. I'm really trying to follow what you're saying. Okay. Here's what I mean. Oh, Uh, so satisfying. ASMR. Also, that was my segue into you cracking into your story. Thank you. Oh my God. Thanks for that lovely intro. Um, I'm honored to be here. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, you don't have to go that far. Fine. I'm not honored to be here. God. So I did not think to do a birthday story for you i apologize but this is a really good one that i think you'll really like and i don't know if you so then you could have just lied and said it is a birthday story yeah but i feel like i tried to come up with a reason why it would be a birthday story and i just couldn't come up with a lie so oh thought i'd be up front we with are you. two different people <laughs> <laughs> i mean <clears throat> i like to like save up my lies for when i really need them i hear you and today yeah figured you'd forgive me okay okay so for the birthday story that i picked for you this week Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the story of Belle Gunness. Nope. Ah, oh, shit. You did the thing where you looked at me like, maybe I knew, but I didn't. I thought maybe you would, and then I was like, see, just... Is it popular enough that I should know it, and I just don't? It's a pretty well-known one. Okay, I, then I'm just ignorant. No, no you're, not, you're not ignorant. <laughs> I mean, you are, but not I for mean, that reason. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, this is the story of Belle Gunness. A lot of people have suggested this over the past, literally, over a year now. Um, oh, well, they're welcome. Happy birthday to them, I guess. Yeah, really. Who's who's getting the real present here? Sorry you don't appreciate my gifts to you. <laughs> sorry you uh sorry I bothered you with my friendship. <laughs> so sorry about it. <laughs> Hope you can forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a story that takes place in the eighteen hundreds. Yes. Um, when you were just a twinkle in your great great grandmother's eye. Oh, I don't know if she wanted me. <laughs> She's like, Oh no. She was like, Take it back, I take it back. <laughs> my descendants. <laughs> Um, I do wonder about that. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, how shitty is... Like, who's the shittiest of my bloodline? Like, oh, hopefully it's already it's For passed. sure you. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, runner-up status. Oh, right. I like to think it, like, happened all the way in the back when, like, white people were extra horrible. Yeah, then it's like, it got it out of the way when yeah. it was... But, like, maybe somewhere down in my bloodline, it's gonna be, like... like yeah, what about... The devil... I mean, it's in. It's within my blood. It could. It could happen. You're like it's dwelling there somewhere. I know it's it. a twinkle in my eye. And I'm scared. I don't want it. <laughs> the devil is a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, just move on before I get really philosophical about it. I mean, it's too late. You're already being real philosophical. I know. Okay, so Belle Gunness was born in 1859 in Selbu, Norway. Hmm. Um, according to a recent doc, so this was you know way back in the day and in Norway, so it's kind of hard to find like solid 
evidence that corroborates all the other evidence about her early life. Mm -hmm. Um, But a recent documentary that came out in 2006 about her uh, said that in 1877, she attended a country dance while pregnant where she was attacked by a man who kicked her in the stomach, causing her to miscarry the child. Oh, my God. I hope that guy died. And that was kind of like they think, at least in this documentary, that was their theory of like what kind of informed the rest of her life almost. Oh, well, yeah, it would. Yeah. Um, so that's the, an easy theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the man um, who ha- who did this to her came from a rich family and therefore he was never prosecuted, but prosecuted by Norwegian authorities. Um, so according to people who knew her, her personality completely changed after this. Um, the man who attacked her died shortly afterwards and his cause of death was said to be stomach cancer. Uh, Gunnis herself grew well, up. That's <laughs> convenient. That's a. Uh ironic yes. yes yes it is isn't it that something from the stomach would hurt him yes gunnis grew up in poverty so the following year she decided to get out of um norway and she started working on a nearby farm to save up for three years in order to pay for a trip to america so in 1881 she moved to america in search of a better life and three years later she married a man named Mad- mads Dietlef anton Sorensen, also a norwegian in chicago uh, and two years later, they opened a confectionery store. Oh, God. The if, dream. <laughs> yeah. When and where do I sign? The dream. <laughs> um, their business, unfortunately, was not successful. And within a year, the shop mysteriously burned down. Oh, no. They collected the insurance, which paid for another home for the two of them. Um, and although, again, the details are kind of contested, most researchers believe the couple had four children. Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, and Lucy. Murder? <laughs> Myrtle. Oh, Myrtle. I was like, well, that's extra ironic. <laughs> it was ironic that they chose a name that was murder. <laughs> Sounds like something we would do after this fucking podcast. Like, oh, here's my baby. His name's Murder. It's spelled M-I-M-Y-R-D-Y-R. Yeah, and R. my name's Ghost. There's a silent J in the front. <laughs> Ghost. <laughs> and there's an umlaut on every letter. <laughs> you're, you're there. You're there. A child called Murder. Caroline and Axel died of acute colitis when they were infants. Um, But just to give you an idea, the symptoms of acute colitis, nausea, fever, diarrhea, and lower abdominal pain and cramping. Sounds like they needed Pepto-Bismol. Are also symptoms of many forms of poisoning. Uh, Yep, I was right. (laughs) Pepto-Bismol solves all your poisoning It sounded like the song of like heartburn, indigestion. Yeah, it does. Both Caroline's and Axel's lives were reportedly insured. And so... um, Bell received the insurance money from both of their deaths. Hmm. Questionable. Little murder survived, though. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, interesting that murder stuck around. (laughs) Silent J. (laughs) Umlaut. (laughs) Shortly after that, uh, Sorensen, her husband, died of heart failure. Um, And it happened to be on the day that both of his life insurance policies overlapped. Hmm. It's convenient. All of this seems to be so. Um, So... Um, An autopsy was considered unnecessary because his death wasn't deemed suspicious as he had recently been treated for an enlarged heart. Um, And so his doctor kind of said, uh, well, you know, he was already sick. And Gunnis told the doctor that she had given her late husband medicinal powders to help him feel better. Hmm. I like how they're like, oh, this isn't suspicious. We're good. They're like, well, yeah. So his family actually like was not happy and they were like no this is suspicious as hell yeah it's like okay nice try but we're gonna try every test in the book medicinal powders Uh uh-uh um so 
actually after the day after her husband's funeral, she uh, collected the insurance money. Okay. And then Sorensen's relatives, so the, her husband, late husband's relatives, claimed that Gunnis had poisoned him uh, to collect on the insurance. And so uh, they tried to get like an inquest to look into it. And um, it was just deemed unnecessary. So it was never properly looked into. If I were her other two kids, I'd be scared as hell. I'd I be know. like, oh, Can my you God. imagine? Any day now. Oh it's my our God. time. Don't eat anything. Like we're all. Yeah, really. If you see a powder, you walk in the other direction. Doesn't matter if it's medicinal or not. <laughs> Don't eat it. Um, the insurance companies awarded her $8,500. So around today, it's around uh, $220,000. Uh, and with that, she bought a farm on the outskirts of a town called Laporte, Indiana. So shortly after she moved to her new place, um, the new house, including the accompanying carriage house and her new boat, burned to the ground. At this point, Belle became reacquainted with a recent widower she knew named Peter Gunnis, which is where she got there the, it is. the name. Uh, they were married in Laporte in 1902. Just one week after the ceremony, Peter's infant daughter, so... Oh, no. It wasn't her child, but... Right, her his, stepdaughter. Yeah, exactly. Stepdaughter died while alone in the house with Belle. <sighs> of unknown causes and not suspicious at all i'm no, sure as def- the powder sprinkled over she was her body. just trying to give her medicinal powders right 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 in december 1902 peter himself met with a tragic accident this is a year and a half after they I got can't, i can't stand this according to bell he was reaching for his slippers which were next to the kitchen stove when he was scalded with hot brine from the stove and then a sausage grinding machine fell from a high shelf onto his head killing <gasps> him wait hang on delve into that so wait the machine like clonked him on the head and he died or it started grinding his head no it was like like a metal like oh okay so like concussion knocked his brain out this isn't like mouse trap where he like I, fell into it i don't know you were just like a grinder falls on him and you i'm know, like, like and which way grinder. did it go oh oh and also it's the 1900s it's not like electric Oh, like no, it's, not, it's definitely not. I thought it was like it, like it just had like a touch sensor and started grinding his head up. Oh, M. I'm so extra. Okay, so it just hit him in the head. Got I it. thought maybe it was just a thing they know because I'm German about a sausage, like a handheld sausage. Yeah, that's a very German thing, I too. I mean, we have one here in the house. Do you really? <laughs> I'm not going to put it on a high shelf, though, because if I'm going to die, that's the way I'm going to go. Oh. A sausage grinder fall on my head. It sounds like the most Christine thing that ever really did not happen. a box of wine <laughs> christine was reaching for her wine and a sausage grinder fell on her head that that's sounds, the most german christine thing i've ever heard very accurate mm-hmm. so she claimed that that's what happened um but all the locals were like um that doesn't make sense because he's an experienced butcher an experienced farm farmer like he's dealt with all sorts of expensive Machinery. Like also, he's not like a... seven people before him and your immediate family have died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, why are we not addressing that To be that fair, more? she had just moved out of state to a new place. So, oh, like, nobody so... really knew. I hear you. And okay. she met this guy there. So they were like, wait, he's been around forever doing farm stuff with all this equipment. And all of a sudden, like, he just slips and yeah, 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 gets yeah. burned with a stove. Like, it just, okay. didn't, it just didn't fit his, what they knew about him, but they didn't really know much about her. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're right. It's very questionable. Um, a year later, Peter's brother, so Peter was on who died... He, his brother took Peter's older daughter, who was um, Belle's stepdaughter. Her name was Swanhilda. Because, you know. Nothing more German than that. Gotta say it. I mean, they're Norwegian, but. Oh. Close enough. Um, oh, yeah. Norway and Germany are the you exact said same it. country. I'm trying to give you some credit here. <laughs> I don't want that credit. I take it back. <laughs> so uh, Peter's brother took uh, his niece, Swanhilda, away 
and moved her with him to Wisconsin, thankfully, because she is the only child to have ever survived living with Belle Gunness. What happened to murder? You'll find out. <gasps> okay. Her husband's death uh, netted Belle another three to $4,000. Um, locals started to get suspicious at this point, and the district coroner himself actually reviewed the case and determined that Peter had been murdered. Mm-hmm. Well, there's he that. He convened a jury to look into the matter, um, and meanwhile, Jenny Olson, who was Belle's um, adopted daughter, who was 14, uh, was overheard confessing to a classmate. Quote, my mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. But when she was brought before the jury, she denied having made the remark. And uh, meanwhile, Gunnis somehow convinced the coroner that she was innocent of any wrongdoing. And it didn't hurt that she was also pregnant. So that kind of garnered some favor. Mm -hmm. Um, And in late 1906, so um, a little while after that, Belle told neighbors that her foster daughter, Jenny Olson, who had, uh, you know, told the classmate... Um, she had gone away to a Lutheran college in Los Angeles. Gone away, like... And she was never seen again. Uh uh-huh, kind of like how my cat, like, left for Texas. <laughs> left in search of a better life. No, like, actually left for Texas. That's, like, a real story that happened to me. Yeah, that your yeah. mom said it, that your cat left for Texas. Uh-huh. And it was dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes. Yeah, okay. No, I understand. Texas was a specific area to put my cat I mean, why not? It seems far away now. I mean, apparently this girl went to a Lutheran college, so, um, I mean, everyone's got to have their alibi. You know, so she said, oh, yeah, Jenny went off to finishing school at 14 or whatever, and uh, she was never seen again. Okay. Just to give you an idea of uh, how Belle felt about Jenny's comment at school. I hear you. Um, between 1903 and 06, Belle continued to run her farm, and then in 07, she decided to hire a single farmhand named Ray Lamphere to help with chores. Around the same time... Bell took out an ad in the matrimonial columns of several Chicago daily newspapers. Oh, God. You know, good old. That's how Blaze and I met. Oh, yeah? In matrimonial columns. Oh, wow. Me and Allison, too. Mmm. Precious. The ad said, and I quote, Comely widow, who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in LaPorte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. Triflers. <laughs> All right. So I should stay away. Got it. So back off M. <laughs> that was uh, like, I think in early My Fair Murder episode, because they have that quote, triflers need not apply like, oh, yeah? on all their merch. It's so funny. Uh, I read that and I was like, that's where it comes from. It's a real <laughs> quote. Anyway. So yeah, back off. But also, like, that is a perfect, like, today, I should put that, like, in a Tinder profile or it's something. It's hilarious. You know? like, oh, it's perfect. Tri- please don't. Please don't apply if you're a trifler. I literally, on Twitter, recently just um, reached out asking for people to be my LGBTQ friends. Right. And almost put in there, Scorpios need not apply. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, like, today's version of triflers. <laughs> I mean, what she was talking about were people born in early November. Oh, so Scorpios, triflers, same diff. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So many All right, we cracked the case. Geo is a trifler, if I ever saw one. <laughs> um, so, believe it or not, several wealthy middle-aged men, who I guess were not triflers, responded to Bell's ads. One of them was named John Moe, and he arrived from Elbow Lake, Minnesota. Uh, Bell introduced him to her neighbors as her cousin. Ooh. And he brought $1,000 with him to pay off her mortgage. Within a week of his arrival, John Moe disappeared. Uh-huh. First of all, it's a good cousin who brought enough money to pay off your mortgage, and then you kill him. And Some then cousin that's also not your cousin. He was just visiting for the week. Um, 
Next up was George Anderson from Tarkio, Missouri, who uh, was also, oh, by the way, they were all, she posted them in like um, Norwegian papers. So it was like Mm -hmm. she was looking for other Norwegian men. So these people have all been Norwegian. Um, So George Anderson was also a Norwegian immigrant and he was from Tarkio, Missouri. Um, And during dinner with him, Bell raised the issue of her mortgage and Anderson agreed that he would pay off her mortgage if they decided to wed. So if she agreed to marry him. Uh-huh. That's a very, uh, it's a tall order. Yeah. It's like, oh, commit your life to me and then I'll, I mean, it's fair on well, his end. To be fair, she literally put in there, I'm looking for someone to combine my fortunes with. So. Okay. That's also you know? fair. I hear you. It seemed like that's what she was kind of looking for in the ad. Yeah. She didn't say anything about love, by no, the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but, 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 okay. So. He agreed to pay off her mortgage if she would marry him. Uh, that night, Anderson awoke to see Belle standing over his bed, holding a flickering candle in her hand with a strange, sinister expression on her face. Mm-mm. Without uttering a word, she ran from the room. Anderson fled and took the next train to Missouri. Good boy. Never came back. <laughs> but the suitors kept coming. Um, and Anderson was the only one to ever leave the Gunness farm alive. Yeah, because he listened to his american instincts get the hell out his american instincts he's not american that's norwegian you just said they're all immigrants from norway oh my god i don't know i'm sorry what you're talking about just ignore me those american instincts you just gotta (laughs) i mean i know me and my like roman instincts are like you're roman okay (laughs) all right (laughs) nice try (laughs) oh i love how i get to edit and just leave all that in there that's fine I mean, we all know the type of person I am at this point. It's just a lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's your don't worry. It's your, you can't control your Roman instincts. I know. I know. Um, so he fled uh, and went back to Missouri. I was like, fuck this. So the suitors kept coming. Um, and by this time, so people say she had started ordering huge trunks to be delivered to her home. Um, a local driver named Clyde Sturgis delivered a lot of the trunks to her home and would and remarked how she would lift the enormous trunks, quote, like boxes of marshmallows and toss them onto her wide shoulders, carrying them into the house. I should also add at this point that Belle Gunness was over six feet tall, um, 183 centimeters for all you non-Americans and weigh, or Romans or Romans. <laughs> There's only the two non-Americans and Romans. And she weighed uh, 250 pounds. Wait, what? She was over six feet tall and weighed 250 pounds. Okay. And this was like in the early 1900s. So big girl. Big girl. And to give you an idea, 200 pounds is 91 kilograms. Um, So she would basically like get these trunks delivered and then she would like basically toss them on her shoulder and just carry them like they were nothing. It's kind of the point. Um, she would keep the shutters of her house closed day and night and farmers traveling past would see her digging in the hog pen at night. So like she was only ever seen at night and she was always digging in the hog pen. Um, an elderly widower from Iola, Wisconsin named <laughs> Ole B. Budsberg. Um, that doesn't even sound like a real name. His name is O-L-E. Ole B. Budsberg. Got it. Uh, came next. He was last seen alive at the Laporte Savings Bank on April 6, 1907, when he mortgaged his Wisconsin land, signing over a deed and obtaining several thousand dollars in cash. Mm-hmm. Convenient. Olby Budsberg's son, Oscar and Matthew, had no idea that their father had gone off to visit Bell Gunness. So when they discovered where he had gone, they contacted her and she promptly responded saying she didn't know what they were talking about and had never seen him. Inconveniently for Belle, 
Uh, that guy she hired, Ray Lamphere, who was uh, helping her with chores around the house, mm-hmm. around on the farm, uh, had fallen deeply in love with her. Of course. He would do any chore for her, no matter how grueling it was, and he thought that he and Gunnis were going to get married. So every time a new guy came, he would get extremely jealous um, and start making a scene. So on February 3rd, 1908, she finally fired him. And then she went to the Laporte courthouse and declared that Ray was not in his right mind and was a menace to the public. But he was released and she would keep coming back to the jail or to the courthouse to say Ray needed to be arrested because he was harassing her and her family. And so finally he was arrested for trespassing. But he kept returning to the farm again and again to see her. Um, And he would make these thinly disguised threats. So he told another farmer in town that one of the men who came to stay with Belle, quote, won't bother me no more. We fixed him for keeps. Ew. So questionable, creepy as hell. The man who's so this man who he said won't bother me no more. We fixed him was named Andrew Hel Helgelian, and he um had long since disappeared from town, or so people thought. Uh, his brother came looking for him, and Bell realized that. Ray was now like kind of a threat to all her scheming because he right. was like mouthing off about gotcha. all this stuff. And she was like, I need to get rid of him before because now this guy, he gets rid of me. <laughs> yeah. And now this guy's brothers are coming to like look into where, where, where their brother went. And she's like, I don't like yeah. where this is going. So in an attempt to get rid of Ray, Belle told a lawyer that she feared for her and her children's lives and said Ray had threatened to kill her and burn her house down. She had the lawyer drop a will leaving her entire estate to her children. The following day, Belle Gunnis's farm went up in flames. Mm. When police approached Ray without any prior information, he said, did Widow Gunnis and the kids get out all right? And then they were like, um, how do you know about the fire? And he's like, I had nothing to do with it. I don't know anything uh, about it. Okay. Ray's clearly a sharp, sharp fella. Yeah, he's really slick. <laughs> Real slick. Slick Ray, as you know, yeah. as we say. <laughs> as we say. In Laporte, Indiana. Um, so later a young man actually testified that he had been watching the gun place when it was on fire and saw Ray running down the road, um, just before, before thing shit went down. Um, so Ray was arrested with all of this information. Ray was arrested and charged with murder and arson. Um, this, then scores of investigators, uh, sheriff's deputies, coroner's men, and many volunteers began to search the ruins of the farm for evidence. Mm. That's where shit gets crazy this is where it gets crazy yeah, okay got it everything's been really normal everything's really actually been super copacetic at this mm-hmm. point Did you say copacetic yeah wow you were like studying for the sats or something i know i know i know um on bell Gunness's property after the fire within the remains of the house um investigators found four skeletons they found the remains of bell Gunness's three children and they also found the body of a headless woman. There it is. They believed the body was Belle Gunness's body, but they <clears throat> couldn't figure out why her skull was missing. Right. And what's more, the body they found was soon determined to be of a woman who was five foot three and weighed between 180 and 200 pounds. Maybe she was always like sitting on the shoulders of another person. Oh. And the other person's the one with the head. So that right. person's gone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That person ran away. Like little rascals. Leaving the headless one behind. Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, that's the obvious I just feel like, why didn't they figure that out? They're not as sharp as us. Oh, thank God. Thank God we were born into... Into intelligence? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Into some copacetic brains. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, 
Okay, so they also just to just to confirm, they got Belle's measurements from local clothing stores where she shopped, and they were able to confirm that the body was not hers. So they sent the stomach contents of the victims to a pathologist in Chicago, who later reported that all of the organs in all of the bodies that they sent contained lethal doses of strychnine, a does poison. That, does that happen to be a medicinal powder? Um, only if you say you think it is, and then. Oh, okay. Put it in people's food, but no, definitely, oh. definitely not. It is a poison. Um, when investigators further explored the grounds, uh, they started to find shallow graves. All in all, they found the remains of about 40 men, women, and children. Good. It's a lot of killing. 40. That's ridiculous. You're supposed to go. Supposed to go <gasps> that's like, a, that's a whole school bus of people. Yeah. That's horrifying. Um, most of the victims were unknown and it's scary because it was men, women, and children. So it's just like a mix of people. Um, on the, and this is an addition to like her own three children that they found in the house. On the first Sunday after the crimes were discovered, uh, around 20,000 people showed up at Bell's farm. They said it was like a carnival. People were selling ice cream and popcorn. Yeah. Selling postcards of photos of the victims and as like souvenirs and trinkets. Um, and 20,000 people showed up to, like, kind of get, like, a morbid carnival out of it. Jesus. Yeah, pretty fucked up. Um, so Ray was questioned, obviously. And in his confession, he admitted to having helped Bell dispose of the bodies, but he denied ever killing any of the victims himself. So then he told, um, he told police what Bell would do. So I'm going to tell you her uh, standard procedure. So excited. She would uh, lure a victim in, so like with her ad or ads in the newspaper, um, and then she would make him comfortable, charm him, and cook him a large meal. She would then drug his coffee, and when the man was in a stupor, she split his head in with a meat chopper. Sometimes she would simply wait for the suitor to go to bed and enter the bedroom by candlelight and chloroform him. Um, And since she was so strong, Gunnis would then carry the body to the basement, place it on a table, and dissect it. Jesus. Then she would bundle the remains and bury them in a hog pen uh, and the grounds surrounding the house. Uh, she had become an expert at dissection because of her second husband, Peter Gunnis, who was a butcher. Um, to save time, she would just sometimes du- uh, dump the corpses into a hog scalding vat and then just cover the remains with quicklime. And Ray also stated that if Bell was overly tired because she had been murdering too right, many people right. um sometimes she would just chop up the remains and feed them to the the pigs oh my god overnight it turns out the headless corpse they had found in the burned out house belonged to a woman who had answered an ad for a housekeeper and had recently Aww. come to the house to work and then the other bodies were determined to actually be her own children and she had chloroformed them fuck before the fire and then did she set i guess she set her own house on fire or so here's kind of what they pieced together. So what she did, so she killed the woman who came as a housekeeper um, and dressed the corpse in her own clothing to pretend like it was her um, and then removed her own false teeth and put them besides, beside the corpse to like throw off investigators. Um, and then she torched the house and fled. So this is what, what Ray was telling them, at least this is the story they got from him. And then she set the house on fire and fled. Ray said he helped her, but um, he was waiting for her down the road after the fire had been set when that kid saw him. And he said she must have taken another road and fled to leave him to take the blame. Um, 
she had basically betrayed him and run into the woods and left him behind. Uh, some accounts suggest that Ray actually admitted to taking her to a nearby town and putting her, putting her on a train to Chicago. But I think the more common theory or more common story is that he just was like, she peaced out and left me to take the blame. She had planned to abscond with the money she had gathered from all her victims, which uh, they estimate to be as much as $250,000, which today is over $6 million. Wow. Um, her sister told a reporter that Bill had always been obsessed with getting rich, and it was believed she was about to be exposed for her crimes, so she and Ray worked together to commit the arson, but then while he waited for her, she peaced out. Um, Ray was found guilty of arson, but acquitted of murder. On November 26, 1908, he was sentenced to 20 years in the state prison in Michigan City, and on December 30th, 1909, he died of tuberculosis in jail. Oh. Ray said that Bell was a rich woman, that she had murdered 42 men by his count, perhaps more, and had taken amounts from them ranging from $1,000 to $32,000. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so, again, $6.3 million is the estimated amount that she had gotten from all these all these people. Um, she had a small amount remaining in one of her saving accounts, but local banks later admitted that she had indeed drawn that she had withdrawn most of her funds shortly before the fire. So pretty much all of the money was out of her accounts, suggesting that she was planning to evade the law and run, run right. after the arson. Nobody ever saw Belle Gunness again. Nobody ever knew what happened to her. Uh, there were a lot of uh, reports of her being spotted all over the country, but it's unknown if any of those were true. For many years, people thought that a woman named Esther Carlson um, what might have been Belle under another name. They looked pretty similar, and she had been arrested for murdering two people in California. Mm. But in 2014, a researcher found records of Esther's first marriage in Connecticut in 1907, which is right when Belle was in Indiana murdering a shit ton of people. So gotcha. it just, they don't add up. So it's just another lady murderer. Right. Who happened to look like her. Um, and so what happened to Belle is a mystery to this day, but only the one child ever survived living with her. And only the one guy, man, ever survived living with her. Do we ever know what happened to the kid? Which kid? The one that survived. Oh, she just went off to live with her uncle and... Okay. What's fine. <laughs> nice. But yeah, all the other ones, including murder... Jeez. ...were killed by their own mother. Wow. Pretty fucked up. So yeah, that is the story of Belle Gunness. That's that on that. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I get to stew in that story for a while now why don't we do a trifler um scope oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes a trifler scope would really would really do the trick be the cherry on top all right triflers slash scorpios here you go your intuitive nature is especially strong scorpio you won't have to think about things because you'll have the ability to just know the answers all right don't give Wow. Listen, don't give them more wow, credit than they deserve. I didn't know he needed that kind of ego Sheesh. today, but apparently Geo does. You don't need to think about anything, Geo. Just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> if any penetrating detective work needs to be done, oh boy, <laughs> this would be an excellent time to do it. Literally, the last thing I need is Geo being investigative, going on a fucking investigation. Yeah, your caring, sensitive nature will get you through any door you want to walk through today. If you keep that smile on your face at all times. Oh, the happy, handsome one. And now I'm like, yeah, you're right. He will. He's so good. <laughs> that smile. He's such a good boy. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. You do it. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Get ready for an adventure. Here we go. You guys can find us at 
You can, okay, hold on. <laughs> oh my God. Do you want me to do it? You guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon at ATWWD Podcast. You can email us at and that's why we drink at gmail.com. You can find our website at and that's why we drink.com, which has our live show dates um, as well as some other fun info. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever the hell you get your podcast. Please give us a review. It really helps. Um, what else is there? Is that it? No. Oh, you can find our. Oh, I thought you were just sweating. And oh, I was like, no. pulling their shirt. I was like, pulling my <laughs> merch shirt. I thought you were just sweaty. Uh, you can find our merch at, and that's why we drink up, bigcartel.com. Um, we have some new stuff up there. We're putting a new design up that somebody made us recently, which is really cool. It's a boozers and shakers shirt. We have a subreddit I keep forgetting to tell people about, ATWWD podcast. People post some fun stuff there. You can also go, if you are a Patreon member, you can go see our, yeah. we just did a Facebook Live last week, mm-hmm. and we just did our um, our May gift yes. package video, and we uh, just did our listener's story that co- also comes out today, so happy birthday to us. <laughs> um, and hopefully we're doing well tonight at our show. Oh, yeah. And also, wait, no, the listener episode came out two days ago, right? On the first. On the first, yeah. And that's my friend Alyssa's birthday. Happy birthday, Alyssa. Um, happy birthday to all you Geminis. We're thinking about you in this wonderful... Tis the season. Tis the season. The Gemini season. Um, by... Blah, what was I going to say? Oh. Um, oh, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. Join our... Blip. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Oh, good. Join our secret Facebook group. Um, it's the secret ATWWD group on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. We have like 12,000 people in there now, and it's a good time. And also, please send us ratings and reviews on iTunes. It does more than you realize. It does. Um, and that's all. I and have. Only if they're good. Oh, yeah. Don't say mean things that I read. read minimum it. four stars. Don't give me stomach aches. I have enough of those. <laughs> minimum. No four. No. Minimum, <laughs> minimum five. five. Minimum five. Minimum five. <laughs> minimum six stars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. We love you all. And thank you for listening again and for being awesome and for letting us do this cool thing. That's and now our job. That's why, why we, we drink. drink. I tried to be smooth. It didn't work. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.